Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Nightmare. A nightmare. Um, I don't know if that's... I don't believe in karma. I don't know if that's 1984 Mayflower karma, but um, if karma is real, then that, I guess, is a wild story and a pretty good story for the Baltimore Ravens. Colts blow it uh, up 22-3, to lose last night to the Baltimore Ravens, 31-25 in overtime, and a uh, loss that one of our loyal listeners, Zach, DM'd me and called it soul-crushing Chris Presley. Mm-hmm. I think that is a great way, sad, but a great way to describe last night. I think it is as well. I mean, you thought you had it, and I got some some beef on Twitter because I thought late in the game when that Mo Ali Cox catch, ball game was pretty much over. Couldn't convert on the the missed or the uh, blocked field goal. Had a lot of friends uh, text me this morning saying, "You guys lost last night." Seriously. I went to bed at 10. I yeah. went to bed at 9, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Bowen dialed me up 22 to 3. He goes, yep, I went to bed. Text me at 325 in the morning. goes, oh, my gosh, just check the score, and I'm stunned. I, the Colts might have gone to bed at the same time that Ryan did. Um, you know, it's not like Tampa Bay Monday night comeback level. Obviously, it's a flip, but it's probably the most devastating loss, just what you thought, how it was unfolding, and mm-hmm. then the final result and I think what is so crushing is, Chris, it's a one-in-three football team that as great as you played for 40, 45 minutes, we can't talk moral victories. You, you, this First off, it's not really the business for moral victories, but it's not like you're in a position to where, oh, we're good, we'll get the next one. You need to get these. Not at one and four. No, 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 no. We've talked about it. you got to steal one of these as well there. Um I mean, you guys have seen all the historical footnotes by now, and it's just absurd that the Colts continue to have these go against them. Uh, 120-0 and in the history of the Indianapolis Colts when leading by at least 16 in the fourth quarter. And I, I come back to watching Baltimore, Chris, and I'm just like, that's why they've made the playoffs every year with Lamar Jackson. That's why they are 4-1 right now with all the injuries. Like, they just they know how to win. They, they know how to win. And the Colts don't. Um, and the Colts, when they are playing these teams, it's now seven straight uh, losses against playoff teams. Like the fact that you had the most yards in a game for the Colts in seven years, and you still find a way to lose? Yeah. Gosh, man. It's just, um, boy, brutal, brutal, brutal. And like you said, that gets back to your point. It seems like every week, for whatever reason, there's some historical fact that we find a way to break. Everything. And, Russell not, Wilson. And, and not a good break. No, 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 no. Russell Wilson, second highest pass rating of his career. Uh, the Titans game, you know, winning mar- turnover margin is plus three, and yet you still find a way to lose. And then last night, I mean, there's a, a million you could point to for the Ravens um, in that comeback there. And just no picture sums it up more than Rigoberto Sanchez sitting there. <laughs> I don't know if he was getting ready to – I, I, I don't know what he was doing. Um, he did look like he was getting ready to play with Legos. I know that's a very easy – um, sort of joke to make, but um, so much to get to. Obviously, what I didn't like, what I liked, uh, Twitter questions as well. Um, I think exiting Miami just before we get to that, Chris, it was just kind of like mm-hmm. you won that game by two scores, but you played the fire. They gave you 
so many gifts to win that football game like you did 27-17, I believe it was. And when you're playing the elite teams, you're not going to get as many gifts, and you're going to have to go win the football game. In the fourth quarter drives you gave up to Jacoby Brissett, you do that to Lamar Jackson, mm -hmm. and here you are. Um, this team right now just doesn't know how to finish against the best in the league. Um, good teams in the league. I don't know if we call Baltimore the best in the league, but um, as much as you want to say injuries are a part of the storyline, and they are, you got two teams that have far more injuries than you right now in Baltimore and Tennessee leading their divisions. So right. you, you have to overcome that. And the margin for error is razor thin at one in uh, four. And accountability has got to be atop Jim Mercer's list right now as he approaches uh, the midway point of the season and moving forward. Yeah, but like you mentioned, I mean, first first half, I thought to myself, it's Buffalo, it's Kansas City, Cleveland, maybe Baltimore's falling off. And then the end of the, the, end of the game, no, nope, they're still in the mix. Yeah, um, they just they just find ways. They, and they've got some really dynamic talent, obviously, uh, but still, the Colts just handed this to them and, and didn't, didn't go and try and win the football game enough. Right. When you hope in the NFL, it's a dangerous game to play. And the, Co the Colts did that defensively, a little bit with the clock as well, some play calling. We'll uh, unpack all that. Yeah, let's start there with the defensively. Defensively falling apart. That's one of the things that you did not like. No, not at all. Um, again, it was too reminiscent of the Miami game. And it was odd, Chris. You know, the defense so good for 40, 45 minutes. But then once the game turned into Baltimore has to come back through the air, that's where the Colts are at their weakest. That is where Matt Eberflus annually has struggled with this football team. Um, I, I guess let's f first start with the game, and then we'll go to Eberflus. But the game itself, um, obviously your cornerbacks banged up, secondary banged up. Mm -hmm. um, Chris Bauer is always his biggest fear. We saw it in training camp. You know, TJ Carey's playing safety. Andre is playing safety. I'm looking out there. Last night, I remember someone re reached out to me during the Brown when the Andrew Sandejo was signed. They were like, dude, I don't even know if that dude can play football anymore. Well, he didn't look like he could play football for long stretches last night. You could have used Sachere back there. Um, cornerback depth, been an issue. And to me, yes, you know, Bo Pete Keys is getting burned. And, and, but, like, I thought a lot of it was just kind of scheme and your pass rush not getting home at ever. I, I, not, even, not even really sniffing. Lamar Jackson at all through that. Um, tempo, no pass rush, confusion with personnel. We go on and on Yeah, uh, with all of that. Um, I would have taken a timeout at some point just to say, let's chill the blank out. Like, let's just all reset. Let's let's have a kumbaya. You see how, you know, Hot Rod's sitting over there. Let's all sit down like that and, and you know, try and talk for 40 seconds because – you did not take a, a timeout until first and goal in overtime. Mm -hmm. And you can wait until the play clock's at whatever five or wait till Lamar gets up the line of scrimmage and then take a timeout. Just a timeout to reset. Let your guys hands off the hips. It's not some, like, grand schematic change you're going to make, but it's simply slowing Baltimore out of the incredible rhythm they were in. Yeah. And just, whew, here we are. Mm-hmm. Let, you know, let's try and regroup. And, you know, it's no different than icing a kicker. Like, that's that's what you're trying to accomplish there. Um, and I guess the Eberflus front of it, 
this has been my biggest issue with him. It's why I felt like they have should they should have made a move in the past. I know that when you when you have a nice record, and this is the G, defensive scheme your GM wants, and the awkward hiring of Matt Eberflus being a Chris Bauer hire, uh, holding him accountable. I, I don't know if anyone in that building does it, frankly, because again, it's it's an awkward hire. Frank Reich's like the eighth hire. Uh, or eighth person on Chris Bauer's coaching list. It's just kind of weird. Jim Mercer probably likes the idea of, oh, yeah, this is the defensive scheme that we, like, won, won a Super Bowl with. And, you know, well, 93 and 98 aren't walking through the door anytime soon. And yeah. neither is 21, and you can go on and on. Um, this scheme in today's NFL, and the, the lack of resistance, that's probably what stands out to me the most, Chris. It's that you don't disrupt up front. You don't disrupt on the back end enough. And when you let quarterbacks, i.e. Lamar Jackson, who entering Monday night had completed 51% and 59% of his passes the last two games, and that dude completed 86%. <laughs> we all had the kid in class. D, F, the whole year. And the, wait, what? Johnny got an 86? Right. What? Oh, my God. Standing ovation for Johnny. That's that's what it felt like last night. And this is an annual thing with Eberflus and this scheme and just an unwillingness to um, alter the rhythm of quarterbacks. I made this reference today on the morning show, and for those that missed it, I'll say it again here. In the NBA, when you're the Indiana Pacers, you're at a disadvantage. So what does that mean? you got to draft well. The draft carries more weight. Right. Well, in today's NFL, defensively, with how the game is officiated, what carries more weight is how you defend the pass. The days of, like, Larry Johnson's going to touch the ball 30 times or Jamal Lewis for the Ravens is this big. Here comes Eddie George. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those those are gone, you know. Even how Baltimore runs it is very different. Sure, you've got a Henry outlier, but Tannehill's still going to chuck it a decent amount. More often than not, the teams around the league are going to throw it. And the Colts against average to above-average quarterbacks have never, never under Eberflus disrupted timing anywhere near to the level that you need to to play January football and win in January football. Um, And what I wrote last night after the game is, at what point will the defensive accountability stop being ignored by the Colts' decision-makers? And you can go top down. Well, let's start at top. Chris Ballard. All the draft capital right. on defense. I mean, it's oozing at every level of premium draft picks you've spent. So it's the construction of the defense with Ballard. And then two with Ballard as well. This is the defense he wanted. He wanted this. He fired Chuck Pagano and said, ah, 3-4, screw it. I'm overhauling everybody. Clayton Gathers is the only guy that I like. We're going to play the 4-3 on this turf. That's what wins, blah, blah, blah. So that's where it's on Ballard. From an accountability standpoint. Now let's go down to Reich. Your title, Frank Reich, on the nameplate is head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And I know it's an awkward hiring, but you've got to go to Chris Ballard, go to Jim or whoever, and say, guys, I'm an extremely aggressive-minded football coach, for the most part, and my philosophy just doesn't match up with how we approach things defensively. Can we make a change? Like, mm-hmm. you are the head coach. You right. get one crack at it in all in all likelihood. That's typically how it goes. So, um, some culpability 
needs to be there. And then obviously you go to Eberflus. And to me, if the seat warmer analogy continues, it's always been pretty high up. You know, it's one of those people that, oh, I, I run cold. You know, it's, it's 82 degrees. I, I need the seat warmers in the back seat on just in case. <laughs> um, just hasn't had answers annually. No. And this problem has persisted really no matter the quarterback oftentimes. Just too easy and a lack of resistance. Yeah. That's what I keep on coming back to, man. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are kicker issues, but the defensive accountability, 86% for Lamar Jackson. And typically we are a second-half defensive team. Yesterday flipped. Yesterday, the first half, well, you know it, was, why. it was like, oh, my gosh. You know why it flipped? The game plan that you had worked on for so long was no longer needed. Baltimore had to abandon what they like to do right. running it. So now it got to the Colts' weakness, just like last year's matchup. Last year's matchup, you know, 10-7, Colts dominate the first half. Then Lamar Jackson goes 10-for-10 10 10 in the second half. Not one ball on the turf inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Like, I'm pounding tables, Chris. Yes. It, it, it's not, you know, three and a half hours of sleep right now. This is not a good, good Kevin Bowen, but this is where we're at right now. With this defense, there's got to be an accountability there. And I'm not absolving players with this at all, but I think you're trying to create advantage either player-wise or Mm scheme-wise. And too often, I don't think the Colts do a strong enough job of trying to create a scheme advantage. The blueprint for the first 40 minutes, tremendous. Then Baltimore says, all right, we got to adapt. Let's see if the Colts can handle what's usually a weak spot for them. Colts flop. Fold. Yeah, props to you. Like Kevin just said, three and a half hours sleep. Go to 1075thefan.com to read his blogs. Staying up late, watching the game, re-watching the game, writing blogs. Also, listen to the morning show on the podcast as well. Handling of Hot Rod. You mentioned him sitting there on the sideline. I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. I, I didn't realize at first that he was he was injured. That was not privy to me at all. When uh, Rodrigo came out there with Naheem Hines to hold the, the, uh, the kick... I thought, holy shit, where, where's Chuck Pagano? <laughs> is this prime time again? What, why? I'm like, what is happening right now? I, I literally, like, I think I almost grabbed Maddie on the couch. I'm like, hold back. Don't, <laughs> don't move. I don't know what's happening right now, but this is not good. We are not in a safe place at all right now. Uh, hell, I had to tweet at McAfee. I'm like, what was that? You know, what? And, you know, obviously we realize that he's got an injury there. Um, okay. Hot right after the game. God, you feel just teddy bear. You want to put your arm around him. He just he did a great job at the podium. I don't know. Probably 90% of people don't care about that, but um, I will mention that. Stabbing pain? Was that the phrase he used? Sharp pain, stabbing pain. Yes. One of the Yep. That doesn't sound good. No. In his hip when he swung the right leg back, when he followed through with the right leg. Not ideal, of course. Uh, 45 yards, that's what they gauged. That's kind of the... The, the peak of that, obviously, he attempted a 47-yarder to end the game and, and did make the 43-yarder there. Um, I would have kicked with Sanchez. That's what I would have done. You know, I, I know it's not going to be um, maybe the prettiest thing in the world, but um, I would have kicked with Sanchez, and I probably would have gone for a whole lot of fourth downs, probably two-point conversions, things like that. It just you knew sooner or later it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and the duck hook on the extra point was ugly. Yeah. Very, I mean— how good is Hot Rod on extra points? Right. Usually it's like a no-brainer. You know, he hits that little just three-quarter nine iron, boom, up there through the uprights all day long. 
Um, so yeah, it is, and a hell of a play by Clay Campbell. I mean, that was, mm, yeah. I mean, he's a stud. Another thing is, like you know, Clay Campbell. You know he's capable of that too. Like that, that I think he's been in your division for yeah. so long. That, that kind of bothered me a little bit there. Um, all right, the big issue with Hot Rod, unfortunate injury, but the Colts mismanaged handling him. You know, comes down to that. 25-17, five minutes go in the game. You're thinking, one score, ices it, flat out. And at that point, I'm thinking, touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. field goal, you know, I've had a sneeze itching at me for about a minute now. <laughs> I might get in the hot rod position and look up at the sky. See You're if good. I can, see if I can sneeze here. Um, I just felt like to myself, Chris, you got to try to get to the end zone. Like, don't want to see that kicking operation. Come out here with the game clincher on the line. Um, they ran it three straight times. Fine with the first run. I mean, JT was running the ball fine. Second and 11, okay. Now you get a third and eight. Baltimore second timeout. Uh, I believe their second timeout. So Carson Wentz goes to the sideline for Frank Wright. Frank said after the game, he got too conservative. He didn't want to take a sack in that situation. Okay, with Carson. And, you know, I thought one of the sacks definitely on Carson. Um from last night, but Carson played really well besides that. Mm-hmm. Um, you grab Carson. Well, Frank Reich probably doesn't grab him. He's too nice of a human. Uh, <laughs> Frank Reich says to Carson, can't take a sack. Cannot take a sack. Uh, I'm going to roll you out. Uh, we'll throw it away if we have to. We'll give up the time. I mean, Baltimore ended up not even taking a timeout there. Uh, but we're going to throw the ball to either number 11, number 81, number 84. I don't Whoever you trust the most on your football team, Baltimore's been kind of shoddy tackling tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can get a first down. If not, maybe we'll get five more yards. That'll help out Hot Rod. And let's try nice this game. It's just like for an aggressive head coach with an injured kicker, all of a sudden, why did you decide to coast? Pedal, yeah. meet, metal. Like mm-hmm. you have lost six straight games against playoff teams. You've got to go win. I mean, Herman Edwards in our ears, folks. You've <laughs> got to go win. Take that football game. I think more often than not, Frank typically has a killer instinct. I think it pisses some people off, you know, too aggressive at moments. And, whoa, what happened there? I mean, your quarterback's going for 400 yards. He's been He's been great for such long stretches. Max protected, throw a screen. I I don't know. I I just thought that was um, not stepping on the throat, and so I thought you mismanaged Hot Rod there. I, you know, I don't know if Sanchez would have made a huge difference. I know he missed the one that the offsides penalty occurred on, but uh, the operation looked fine to me. So, um, is Hines your emergency backup holder? Yeah, I guess I it don't, wouldn't be. I mean, I don't know. Does Brett Hundley not not have enough experience? It used to be. Who did it used you would, to be? You would think normal. Normally, backup quarterbacks used to be. I mean, now they've moved more towards punters. punters. Yeah, I think Pascal did it for a minute there. Uh, maybe the Griffer. Maybe Griff Whalen. That was part of his duties when uh, he had a chance. So, um, just mismanaged. You know, you've, it's unfortunate. Injury happens in warmups. It's freakish. It's flukish. Like, yeah, that sucks. I'm not acting like the culture at fault for that. But now you've got to sit down with Bubba Ventrone and be like, all right, Bubba, shoot me straight. How good do you feel? Mm-hmm. And in a league defined by parity and on the road, touchdown underdog, 
I'm not putting the game in the fate of that man's right leg. Stabbing pain in his hip? Yeah. I mean, hell, it sounds like RIP to my gr- grandmother, but it sounds like my grandma. I mean, you know, it's just like this dude's trying to kick a football through uprights. And sure, it could look good at one one sense, but I had a good buddy of mine playing golf with him. He's got a back, you know, and we all watch Tiger play golf with the old back. One hole, it looks fine. Next hole, heaping in pain. Like, yeah. you just don't know when that's going to flare up. Um, Tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you think the 47-yarder was going in? I thought, no chance. No, did not. Not at all. And 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 like you said, so that's where they decided how far can you kick it? Yeah, I get. Well, I you know there that's a good point, Chris. I mean, forty five was supposedly the, the right. top, and then they felt good about forty seven there. Yeah, I just man, so much good from Frank Reich last night. Clock management in the first half, I was like, what is going on? I mean, that fourth fourth and eleven bailed you out. Twenty three for the Ravens. I don't know who. We, Anthony uh, Everett, I don't know, but that dude, I swear yeah. there's about 13 balls completed towards him. So you picked on him there, and it worked. But yeah, we'll see. Eddie Pinheiro, I believe, is a free agent. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got stabbing pain. Hot Rod said he's going for an MRI today. I, I don't know. A short week, we could be looking at a different kicker Sunday inside of the inside of the dome. Right. Those are the tough ones because, you know, um, every week what you like, what you didn't like. And there was a lot to like in that first half. Let's talk about that. Let's start with what you liked on both sides of the ball. So much. So much. And let me go here, Chris. Obviously, we we talk about the moral victories, um, and there are none, especially when you have the record the Colts do. But we also do what I didn't like and what I liked. Far often it's been in that order um, so many times because – it is a 60-minute ball game, and the Colts were freaking great for 40-some minutes. Half of you went to bed for a reason. You know, you felt good about it. 22-3, uh, to three, the offense, Chris, Taylor in space, giving Pittman the 50-50 ball, um, evolving out of that two-back set. I thought the O-line just played with a tempo, and I thought the pre-snap disguise of motion and window dressing and all this, I thought it had Baltimore on its heels. And that helped the line, I think, with some physicality. I thought it was critical to do that because you don't have the personnel that you normally do up front. Let's talk about the Taylor third and 15 screen. Was he touched? I mean, shit, it was... Uh, I, I literally jumped up in my living room and I was like, go, yeah. go, go. And he, oh boy, man, when he revs it up. Yeah. Woo-hoo, boy. Um, Doolin, Pascal, big blocks. I want to say... Was Fisher out there as well? Not a great game for Fisher, by the way, but still, yeah. I thought he was out there. Um, and I like it. You know, Taylor has a bad drop on second down. You come back to him. Mm-hmm. You, you know he's too talented not to touch the ball there. Um, and just the combination of Taylor. The speed there and then the power in some short yardage situations as well. He's a talented, talented football player. And the Colts right now uh, have a star. Um, yeah, you know, that's, yeah, star right there. Oh, boy, Deshaun Elliott, safety for the Ravens. Jack Doyle, don't let me see you again, bro. Don't disrespect Tay like that. Boy, <laughs> I mean, Jack, that's so un-Jack-like. Right. You know, I was like, whoa, who was in that 84 jersey? Um, gosh, oh, man. By the way, I saw the, um, I don't know if you came across this, but the Instagram. Um, did, did you see this? The people going after Jack Doyle on Instagram? I did not. Or I should say Jack Doyle's family. Like, literally, like, wishing death. Upon his family, two sons, wife, Casey. Yes. Through what post? Um, 
or they just found so, them. They yeah, just someone just found, you know, app mentioned, you know, right. whatever. I mean, it's what I hate about sports the most. What I hate about social media sports the most. I mean, like, what despicable human being, frankly, thinks that that is anywhere near acceptable? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm, and, no it, yeah. It, and yeah. that's... Uh, it, it got to that point last night. You know what? I logged off social media just because anymore you look you look through certain posts. Ten percent of the people are genuine, humble, regardless of what it is. Everything else is trolls. You just it's stupid. Don't scroll too far. Um, okay, Reich again on their heels. I loved it, boy. Um, yeah, I thought Carson really good. I mean, let's it, him taking that hit on the fifty fifty ball to Pittman. Mm-hmm. Man, giving him a chance, Pittman just and Randy Moss like making that play. Yep. Um, I thought the Colts were aggressive in that sense. That Pittman touchdown was what that that was early third quarter. That was the first drive of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. There, that was trying to go for the nail in in the coffin. There it was what like two plays, seventy something yards, yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, thirteen, I mean... uh, yeah, thirteen fifty nine, two for seventy three, one hundred one on the on the drive time there. Um, you guys know what I say. There's no UFC pretty boy. It's how Pittman plays the game, and we saw that there as well. Um, so, yeah, I loved so, so much of what you did offensively and, and defensively, like forcing Baltimore to play left-handed. You know, this game plan and the wrinkles that you saw and great rush di- discipline, I felt like I was watching a team that had bought into this well-concocted plan mm-hmm. and all of that. You forced the three and outs early. Baltimore can barely run it. Um, boy, Darius Leonard looked much healthier than I remember him. That was my biggest worry, honestly, entering last night. And, and Leonard looked, you know, I don't know if the extra day arrest helped him. So um, that's why it stings. That right there. 22-3 to three on the road. I, I tweeted it, so I don't, again, if you believe in jinxes. The Colts are blowing the Ravens out of their own building. And, again, when they say they are blowing, it's a right. very present tense um, usage there. And you wish that forward pass on the lateral. That's I mean, so weird. You know, I, I, I read the rule book, and, I you know, fortunately the Colts scored on that. That was Taylor yeah. scoring on that, so it didn't come back to cost them. But, yeah, just a crazy I, – I, the, the ruling, I'm not going to even read the rule book because it'll confuse you even more. I'm I, There's some science and literally, like, gravity involved, <laughs> I believe, in it. Um, but 75 yards on the Taylor. Was it 75 on the touchdown, 76? 76 on the touchdown. Uh, the Blackman play that you mentioned on the goal line with Leonard and Isaiah Rogers. Uh, the Pittman mall. I mean, you just had some wild plays. Like, you know, this is so recency biased, but I cannot remember a more wild, crushing defeat. Yeah. And I've covered the Colts now for over a decade, and I've certainly watched them growing up. I, I, I can't remember one. Cannot remember one. One of my favorite plays yesterday, um, in terms of what you liked, what I liked, the uh, when Blackman knocked Watkins <laughs> six yards back, dude, <laughs> he had a first down, and then it went. N- nope, n- no, Did you Sammy don't. Watkins play the rest of the game after that. <laughs> yeah, like, that was, oh the, my gosh, man, lowered the boom to him. You know, again, Blackman, um, you know, guys in the secondary, you know, certainly you had issues there, but I thought Blackman he made a couple big time plays there. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't seen that yeah. in a while from him. We we're used to it last year as a rookie, so. You know, offensively, considering what you're going up against pressure-wise, really, really good. It was, it had the makings of, I think, a win I'd put in the same category as Kansas City 2019. It had the makings 
Uh, because what really stood out to me is you were doing it on both sides of the ball. You know, that Kansas City game was primarily defensively. Yeah. You had the rushing attack, but you didn't score a whole lot in the game. This had the makings of, I think, arguably the best win of the Frank Reich era. NFL 60 minutes can seem so freaking long, especially when you're playing teams like that. Yeah, it's like, think back to the Texans and the Titans in those playoff matchups with Kansas City. You never feel comfortable. Right. And Baltimore shouldn't have that same offensive influence, but it did, man. The parody of the NFL. I feel like I'm on drugs right now with my with my brain. So if none of this is making sense, Chris, just, you know, chalk it up to, you know, one of those days. But man, what? I don't even know if Maddie knows how the game ended. I don't think she does. I no. hope she doesn't start off a call with somebody today. It's like, hey, how about it? Two and three. Here we are. You know? Like you said, three and a half hours sleep. Praise you for all you do. Let's run through Twitter questions because this is the things that, you know, you always help do for the Colts fans across the country, across actually the globe because we get a lot of people like Blopa as well. Let's start with Jay. Last year, he wanted to know how many beers it was going to take you to rewatch the Steelers game. How many beers is it going to take you later today to rewatch this game? You know, Jay, obviously, that's a very funny question. I am laughing inside, but I'll, I'll kind of take it serious. You know, how do the Colts respond, Chris? Yeah. Schedule looks nice. Four or five against rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, a couple long road trips, short weeks, you know, things in there. Tennessee's got a brutal schedule now upcoming. Um, but how do you respond? So much different feeling than one and five in 2018. So much different for many reasons. Reich, Luck, all of that. And, like, the Colts won 9 of 10 that year mm-hmm. and still had to win in Week 17 to get in the playoffs. Like, 9 of 10 in the NFL? I don't care if you're playing Jacksonville every week. Right. Um, that might not be a good example yeah, for Colts fans. But, yeah, I, it's hard to do. And just razor thin. Razor thin is the margin. Um, how, how do they respond? You know? Can't be drinking too much. No. From Tyler talking about Matt Eberflus understands he can't control the energy can't control the injuries. Overall prime scheme, how hot is his seat getting? Should be, should be hot. Yeah, and such a global warming comment here. If you believe in it or not, <laughs> you know it's. Uh, I'm not a chess player, Chris. Are you? No, definitely yeah. checkers. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, well, you know, I'll act like I'm smart and like I feel like Frank Reich is likes chess, likes to do that. Matt Eberflus, I don't think he likes it enough. Just, you know, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I've talked to coaches around the league, and they're like, oh, yeah, Colts defense, simplest defense we see all year. It's just, to me, that's not how you create an advantage on the sidelines. Not how you create an advantage. And no league is defined by parity more. You know, playoff baseball, Chris, you're watching it right now. Congrats to your Braves. Well, I don't know. That was premature. I, I did not mean to say that. <laughs> but okay. um, uh, congrats so far to your Thank Braves you. as we record this. Currently up 2-1 in their series as Jock Peterson did Jock Peterson things yesterday. Playoff baseball, man, that margin for air is slim. You feel like every pitch is every, every pitch. Did it take a ball? You're moving the runner over, sack fly to walk off, the raise of the ground rule double, you know, like all that. I mean, it's just – it's what we love about sports. Why we love the NFL, it's because the NFL in the regular season has the feeling of playoff atmospheres. Right. Season shorter, you play once a week, all of that. It's what we love, what we crave about it. 
mm-hmm. and when you don't create an advantage or try to to the fullest on one side of the ball, you're going to be at a disadvantage, and the Colts are right now defensively. Yeah. This one comes from Isaac. He said, instant reaction for Monday's night's atrocity with admittedly some salty takes. Has there been a team that has left more points on the board per game than the Colts? Also, who is to blame for this? Um, he wants to know about the uh, – he says, also, it would be nice for someone outside of Indianapolis to notice the injury decimated the Colts secondary as far as being the majority of the reason instead of the collapse, instead of, the collapse, instead of everyone fangirling Lamar Jackson. Sure. I mean, Colts secondary had a lot to do with it, but Lamar Jackson just had – 442 yards of offense, and no one has ever eclipsed 400 yards and completed 86% of his passes. Yeah, like, you got a fangirl down him. That yeah. could have been routes versus air, and I would have said Lamar Jackson, <clears throat> job well done. Like, the dude, again, 51-59%, like, entering Sunday. So, um, I get it. It's a national media, and people hate the national media. Um, but, you know, whatever. Lamar Jackson, with all the injuries around him, he's got his football team at 4-1 and one right now. So, my hat is being tipped yeah. to him. Okay, um... Yeah, leaving points on the board. You know, you guys know how I do this. Love to circle a play. And I do this during the game. I literally, like, jot down plays that I feel like greatly impacted the game. You know a play I circled early on, Chris? Hmm. Now, defense and, and kicking. That's what we've mentioned so far. At handling of kicking as the big uh, big changers in those games. Right. I have got... Uh, be nice if I had this in an efficient manner. You got sacked when you had a chance to go up 14 nothing. Yeah. Strip sack, right? Mm-hmm. Fisher gets beat. Does that get off sides, or is that timed well? Uh, I just focus more on I just focus more on the the fumble because it it that that sucked. Yeah, obviously, if Wentz just falls on it there, you know, you can kick a field goal or right. something. You know, I'm not going to rip Wentz too much just because I thought he's protected pretty well this year. 3.47 in the first quarter, Chris. Okay. So early in the game to go there. Fisher gets beat, and uh, it's a second of five. Not even obvious passing situation. You get ble- beat in the red zone. Oh, way with a strip there. Brandon Williams recovers, and it's 7 nothing. And then all of a sudden the offense just like pass claws a drop. Uh, Wentz holds on to it too long on the third and nine on the next drive. Then you've got a punt. Uh, then you go three and out. Uh, I think Granson had a holding penalty on the next drive there. Like, it just got to tough sledding. Yeah. Um, game flow, man. Can you get can you get Baltimore playing from behind? If they've got to go from playing behind too early in the game, does that change some things? So, um, yeah, that's something I point to. And, and you know, we talk about points on the board. I mean, that's why the start was so key. You know, last night was the first time the Colts had scored since the opener in the in the first quarter. So, you got to get back there. Mac knows that yesterday was an utter collapse. Where do you think this ranks all times for gut-wrenching losses? Yeah, Colts fans, I, I know you probably don't want to do this, but like, feel free to DM me. Um, anyone else, any other losses that you can think of? I don't. Chris, I don't. I can't think of too many regular season ones. And I'm sure I'm forgetting. I mean, Pittsburgh last year was stinging. Stinging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that had some playoff implications. But considering one and three, Monday night football, both sides of the ball, man, this is the one that I keep on coming back to. Yeah. Especially with the situation you were in. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's just the record, man. And you know what? Sunday, 
so much went right for you, wild card wise. Yes. Obviously, Tennessee won, but you know, you had uh, Miami lose, you had Cincinnati lose, uh, the Raiders lose. Um, so you had a lot wild card go right for you, and now here you are, one and four. And you know, every time they post the top ten draft order, the Colts are like, "Wow, they're that high." <laughs> well, we might not be there. Well. Yeah, that's let, that's a whole that's a whole other story. Let's say that for a little bit later. Let's go to uh, a question from Bishop talking about. <laughs> he wants to know how many quarterbacks have broken records against the defense that Matt Eberflus has coached. Dude, can you read that question again, Chris? Just so. Go ahead. Do you know how many quarterbacks have broken records against the Colts defense in the Matt Eberflus era? That question is being asked. And it's an extremely legitimate question. How hot should the seat be? Like, you know. Do they meet today? Do you know? Like, Oh, yeah. Short week. You got Well, I guess technically uh, um, coaches meet. I, I think you got to give the players today off. But, um, you know, again, meeting, not officially. But if you're not in there, then we got to check where your head's at, to be right. honest with you. So, um that question is legitimate. Bishop, thank you for sending that in. Hot. Hot. Yes. Talking hot. You know, I've, I've kind of adopted the when I warm up Rosie's food, I go with the leftover warm-up instead of the just cook warm-up. Because you go you go cook, and if if you don't get the time right, man, Rosie's mm. not eating for 10 more minutes. Right. And I'm blowing on it. I'm dropping <laughs> ice cubes in it, And I'm doing everything. I'm Rosie, you want to blow on it too? Like, you know, she's looking at me like, just give me the freaking hot dog. But that's why I go leftovers, where it just kind of gradually warms up. You can check it a little bit, a right. little, little bit of a slower process. But you know, I'm not fighting an uphill battle there. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, again, that's where my brain is. Because the seat's hot. The seat's hot. Thank you. The seat's God. very hot. There's. I, an, I apologize. This might be the worst podcast in the history of Kevin's Corner. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey KB, this is from Jay. Trying to stay positive. All Let's right. go to a positive Here we go. note. Welcome Jay. I think Carson went so far as been. So far, has been the answer despite the lack of the season of recovery from the ankles. What do you think? What do you think the Colts are willing to do to be able to make some other changes? Hey, we're five games into this, and Carson Wentz has looked darn good, darn good, uh, much better than I thought he would. Jay, yeah, that's a definite positive here. Uh, I'm still not going to commit to like Carson Wentz feet in the cement. He is the quarterback of the future just yet. Like I and hey, I can say that we've got 12 more games to go, and I think availability is my biggest question for him now. It's not not necessarily ability. Like, boy, I'm seeing it. I mean, dude, last night there were some plays once made that was just like, whew, man. Yeah. Colts got themselves a guy that can whip it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, what changes? Just, uh, shit, more support, you know? it's You haven't given them. That support. So now, and it's still not perfect with Wentz. I think some pre-snap identification has been an issue. Um, a little high at times. He kind of misses high. Um, but right now, if I'm giving a grade to Carson Wentz, it's a solid B plus. And just because we put so much on the quarterback's plate, I can't go A minus. Just because it, it, it just it's part of playing mm-hmm. that position. Fair, unfair, whatever. It's part of it. Um, but man, it's a solid B plus, and you're ready to give him an A minus just in the blink of an eye. Yeah, and no picks yesterday when you know going into Baltimore, you're always expecting some sort of secondary turnover. Didn't happen. No picks when he threw it 35 times and 402 yards. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, try to stay positive there from a question from Jay. Oh, are we not doing the positive training? We're going right back down. Okay. It's a roller coaster. Pike wants to know, are we ready to fire Frank Reich yet? Uh, no, I, I, I'm not there. Um, again, I'd be stunned if Jim Irsay made such a decision. Um, I am certainly, if I'm judging myself compared to Irsay and Ballard, I would say I'm much more on the, I got new glasses. These glasses, I believe, have critical eye focal uh, <laughs> bifocals in them. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to put them on right now because I'm looking at Frank in a much more critical light than I think they are. I laughed at the extensions, Chris. I laughed at them. What? Yeah. What? Five years? I laughed. And I said, this cannot cloud the accountability. It can't, like, in what way, shape, or form did those resumes deserve a five-year extension? We're talking the National Football League here. This is not Toledo, where you've just gone eight and four, and you're nervous that Purdue's going to fire Jeff Brom and come steal your football coach, so you've got to give them big Mm -hmm. extensions. Nobody's banging down the door to get... Chris Boward and Frank, there's not some incredible leverage where Jerry Jones is saying, ha ha, watch this. No, it doesn't happen in the NFL. Raiders might. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you know what? I, I thought I'd seen all the tweets till I saw someone say, fire uh, Reich and hire Gruden last night. I was like, whew, boy. <laughs> Man, that's. Um, I would not. Yeah. Not sure what was in that drink on a Monday, but uh, whew, strong. <laughs> From Denny, Carson Wentz, can he not read the blitz or does he just hold on to the ball too long? What's the difference there? Yeah, Denny, got to clean that up. I, I, For how smart he is, Chris, kind of worried about him with progressions a little bit. Just pre-snap. Pre-snap mainly, but I think when you get into a play a little bit as well. Um, yeah, I think when we see a bad game from Carson Wentz, we haven't seen that yet. I think that this is what we'll point to. And again, holding on to it. The sack, if I'm not mistaken, the sack, Baltimore, great disguise. They had a blitzer looking like he was coming at Matt Pryor. That blitzer backed out, so Matt Pryor wasn't blocking anybody. Everybody else had a man, and then they brought the blitzer from the blind side. Mm-hmm. Pittman read it. He was in the slot. Red hot read. Carson never identified that. Got to be there. Kevin Josh wants us to fire Matt Eberflus. We've already talked about that earlier on the podcast, obviously, with his seat being hot, because he feels like it wasn't only – that Lamar Jackson picks us apart. He was picking us apart in schemes that we already knew was going to be there. Josh makes a good point here. I, I think obviously Bo Pete, our guy, little little Bo Pete, Pete, mm-hmm. um, he gets torched, and that's probably the other play you really circle. Kind of like that Pittsburgh game, they hit the bomb that really kind of got them back in it. That's the play. Such a quick strike by Lamar Jackson to Hollywood Brown there. Yeah. Um. But I thought it was scheme. I thought it was middle of the field. Mark Andrews with his, what, 27th catch of the game? Um, it, very good football player, by the way. Yes. Mark Andrews. Uh, Hollywood Brown, how many catches? Like, you know, Watkins is out. Rashad Bateman's out. You know, Miles Boykin's only playing special teams. Like, and some of these dudes, James Porsche, Proche, I'm like, who? Jeez. Oliver, like, I thought it was more scheme. Disruption of timing. The front. Like, where was that pass rush late in the game? Mm-hmm. Where was it? You, uh, yeah. I, 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 I didn't see it. I know I'm asking you questions that you can't answer, <laughs> so I apologize, Chris, but shit. Oh, man. Well, this one comes from Chris. We talked about defense. Let's go to offense. We feel like a lot of it was defensive. How much of it was offensive in terms of the play calling um, 
And also, how does Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard handle that? Yeah, I mean, I mean Frank Reich is still going to call the plays. Look, third and eight should have been more aggressive in that realm, but I'm not. I thought Frank executed and called a really nice game, really nice game for long stretches. Um, yeah, poor there in the third and eight, poor clock management. Really concerning for me, to be honest with you, Chris. The Colts have not been in a ton of clock management situations Mm -hmm. in the Frank Reich era. When they have, way too chaotic for me. Where's the sense of urgency at times? Like, the handling of timeouts, good challenge early. I should note that from Frank. Um, But, yeah, that is another thing that kind of worries me when you play these teams. Clock management really really comes to the forefront there. And uh, got away with it against Miami. Didn't do it yesterday. Why it brings up a question that you mentioned earlier, Kevin. Is Eddie Pinheiro still available? Yeah, I thought he was on Washington's practice squad, but Mark Dykton, our morning show producer, said uh, he's a free agent. So, okay. I, I assume, you know, that's the route you go. You feel like that's going to happen this week? Well, or I, in terms of. Yeah, I mean, if Hot Rod's got to miss, I mean, you might as well. I, I, you know, there's some kicker carousel that they all travel to. Right. Okay, you know, who, who missed three kicks this week? Let's all board, our, <laughs> board, board the plane for that. Um, yeah, I mean, bring in Pinheiro, he's kicked in the building, you know, whatever. He knows Sanchez, just... If Sunday comes down to the kicker, Chris, mm-hmm. just pray for everyone. Right. I saw the lines nine and a half early. Colts over Texas. You never know. Nine and a half's a lot. Davis wow. Mills, I guess, looked pretty good. I, I didn't watch much of that game, but... I didn't watch much of it either. Yeah. Um... Craig wants to know, looking at the future schedule, he thinks we go to 8-9, and nine, which doesn't qualify for the playoffs considering we have a bunch of con- big contenders to beat, 49ers, Titans, Bucks, Bills, Cardinals. If we don't get this first-rounder or sit Carson to get the first-rounder, what does Ursay do? Yeah, obviously this is a huge storyline. The deeper you get in the season. Um, Chris Ballard... Cannot see him, not see him at all, benching Carson Wentz until they're mathematically eliminated. Even at 8 9, probably aren't going to be mathematically eliminated until really late. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does Jim Mercy step in? Boy, <laughs> that'd be a hell of a morning show week uh, talking about that. Um, I do think Wentz has got to prove himself to stay healthy. So that would be a reason to play him as well. And I totally get the magnitude of a first round draft pick. I'm not, especially one that could be top 12, right. 10, what. Wherever, but um, you know, a Carson Wentz that plays twelve games this year and gets hurt, like, boy, that's kind of a tough question you got to ask yourself at the end of the year about his availability. Um, that's tough, it tough, Craig. Um, I, I can't see the Colts doing it until they're mathematically eliminated. I'd be stunned if they bench Carson Wentz, healthy Carson Wentz. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, that's going to be a question you know, that a lot of people are going to ask. I know, all and, and you know, part of it's like that's idiotic. The Colts need to keep their first round pick, all that. But again, I also sit here and think I got to see Carson more. I, I liked what I've seen so far, but like proving you you under center is a part of his puzzle. Mm-hmm. So that's still there for me. Question from Mike talking about Chris Ballard always thinks that in training camp he says. The job is yours, and it's tried and true for that if you went out in certain situations, except for this Eason situation. What is it with the whole Eason and Hunley? 
Yeah, again, the whole experience. If you really wanted experience, you wouldn't have gone the entire offseason not brought in a quarterback. And Wentz gets hurt, and you're bringing Huntley. Right. So I don't, yeah, I don't. I wish I had a clear answer for you there. They obviously don't trust Eason. You know, I find it. You got Ellinger sitting next to both of them on the bench on Sunday <clears throat> or on Monday. It's just, yeah. you know, you, you're, you could get into a roster situation where you're going to have to do something here. Um, Ellinger's 21-day window, I believe, is up this week, if I'm not mistaken. So you're going to have to do something to expose him or Eason. Um, so, yeah. Five more questions. Kay Dizzle. What a name. Love it. Yeah. DeForest Buckner has one sack through four games. Is his, is his production concerning given the amount of money that he's making? Yeah, you know, um, I think DeForest Buckner gets a, a good amount of double teams. Now, not like peak level, but a good amount. What do you have last night? Four tackles, nothing in the disruption category there. So that's now zero tackles for loss since the opener for him um, and zero sacks as well. Um, so that's what's that, four games? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to want more. Uh, you know, it's he's still doing a lot, Chris, but, like, you know what, it, to get to that next level, you got to produce even when you are feeling some of the double teams. And, again, I'm not putting DeForest Buckner very high on my list, but Kay Dizzle asked the question, and you give up the 13th overall pick, you pay him the amount of money, you expect more. Um, double team rate, again, it's up there. It's not insane, but it's up there. It was something I think I mentioned during the offseason. Chris, if you looked at Buckner's production last year, the I think nine and a half sacks I believe he had, all came against teams that finished under 500. And I want to say like eight of the nine and a half sacks fin- were against teams that uh, drafted in the top five. So the bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. Um, if DeForest Buckner wants to be on a list with you know, no one's on the list of Donald, but you know whoever is that, that, right. that second tier, you do need to see some more production. Again, no way, shape, or form. I'm saying that <laughs> he is a huge issue right now. But 13th overall pick, money. You know, you traded for DeForest Buckner there, seven spots away from where Justin Herbert was drafted. You know, he, he, when you talk about drafting at 21, 22, Chris, and I know I mentioned this. You can find the tapes. I know I mentioned this a couple years ago. When the Buckner trade happened and, you know, everyone is jumping for joy, I'm just like, man, the opportunity to get a franchise quarterback, that doesn't grow on trees. Now, obviously, if you got Herbert, you still would be like, all right, who's your three technique? But what, whatever. And, you know, you're going to have to give up a ton to get from 13 to 6 or whatever there. But if you're too afraid to move up from 21, well, when you're at 13, that's a whole lot different than 21. Mm-hmm. So I know hindsight is very 2020, and – some people might have been more in the Tua camp than Herbert. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I was extremely high on Herbert. But, you know, Chris Bowden and that staff, you get paid at that point to realize, guys, we don't have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Let's make sure we evaluate these guys, and the hope is we don't draft this high ever again. Is this the opportunity to pounce on that? Kev, you talked about this multiple times, so you can expand on this if you want, but Chris wants to know just about Carson Wentz play counts to lose the first-round pick. Yeah, yeah, Chris, we already hit on that. Thank you for sending the question. Blopo's question wants to know, injury situation aside, have we seen the floor of this team, and what's the roof of this team? Yeah, I think Blopo said this in before Monday night. Um, you know, I would say, part of me was like, hmm, that really makes me think. Yeah. Um, but then we still haven't seen Wentz miss a game. You know, obviously you hope the floor for the O-line is, and then it comes back to defenses against these quarterbacks. Like, the Colts could win, what, four or five here, Chris? Mm-hmm. 
and could be at what you know a game over five hundred or right at five hundred, and I could sit here and be like, I still don't trust this team in January. Like the next time you prove it, Tennessee Halloween, and then Buffalo Tampa Bay in the back to backs. Like those are the measuring sticks. But point blank period, right now you just got to win football games. Like I don't care who shows up on the schedule, you yeah. just got to win. Trevor asks, considering the success for the Rams, always trading their first round picks and where they are currently. Should the Colts consider doing that more often, or should we restock our first-round picks and actually draft somebody? Yeah, I, I mean, financially, could you do that? You know, you're you're kind of in a bit of a cap space crunch. You need some young guys at the key spots. So I think the Buckner thing was just so unique. Position, character, player. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, the Colts going to have their first-round pick this year? <laughs> nope. Know? Last question comes from JJ, wondering if the Colts, like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, so on and so forth, should go after a more dynamic and mobile quarterback rather than a traditional drop-back quarterback that's slightly mobile that Frank like likes to use. Um, yeah, they are a little bit more pocket QBs. You know, off-script is something that obviously Wentz has a little bit of, and Reich, you know, played a role in that. But I think Reich has always said that processing is is the biggest thing. Now you can debate that with Wentz right now, and uh, but of course Reich, you know, kind of committed to that years ago. I think the NFL's evolved, and I think how you build needs to evolve as well. Yeah. Like, there is no more talented quarterback in the NFL to me than Josh Allen. Love Josh Allen. No more talented quarterback. When you talk about arm, legs, size, all of it is checked. Now, reining that in and getting that consistently, of course, that's a million dollar question with him, but man, like, shout out to the Bills. They traded up twice to get Josh Allen, who completed what? 49% of his passes at freaking Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you know, cojone-type move. <laughs> yep. And then develop. You know, get him in your building and That's develop. the big part, yeah. I mean, that's 95% of the battle with this. So, yeah, JJ, it's a good question. Um, I like to think that it would evolve, but, you know, I'm not holding my breath. All right, that's the end of Twitter questions. Kevin, three hours sleep. 1075thefan.com if you want to read his blogs. Also, if you want to go back and listen to the morning show, and then the podcast will be up here shortly. Um, Thank you, Chris, for doing this podcast. Uh, next week, Mondays, back to our normal mm-hmm. routine there, recapping the Houston game. So appreciate everybody listening. I know this is probably not the ones you want to listen to the most, but try to keep it honest here. And, uh, again, the schedule definitely lightens up. So, yeah. It should and better turn around. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Chris Presley. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.